What if the healing church is the ethics committee of the brown people? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. yeah. So we just confirmed a shared universe. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> oh, no. you're, not the first, you're not the first to confirm a shared universe. Yeah, but people go off little yeah. things like trinkets and the doll and this. We just like, we just established it through deepest lore. Oh, Lord, yeah. end me now. <laughs> Make sure you put that in the thumbnail. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping we weren't going to talk about this, but here we are. <laughs> the, the other thing, right, is that Derasine is very clearly inspired by Echo Knight. Does this mean it's hinting at a new Echo Knight game? Maybe this is a new Echo Knight game. Well, that's what I was saying, like, as we had Echo Knight, and then we had Echo Knight Beyond, which was in space. So are we going to get Deracine 2 in space? <laughs> it could work. No, it couldn't, Richard! Uh, it's kind of like Solaris. No, it could not work, Richard, I'm telling you that. <laughs> what would that achieve, Richard? Just what would that achieve? What would that achieve, Richard? <laughs> That's how you gotta do it, Laura. You gotta clap to get Richard's attention. I can't assume my birds will start freaking out again. Well, maybe they should. They'll be like, what would that achieve, Richard? <laughs> <sighs> it wouldn't achieve anything, Richard. That's what I'm saying, and I'm gonna fight you on this whenever you bring it up. What was the other thing you wanted to fight me over when I said the coin placement should have been random? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. No, it shouldn't have. <laughs> it shouldn't have. <laughs> Screw you for even suggesting that because goddamn Miyazaki is going to patch that in just because you said it. <laughs> uh, you know what, Laura? I just had a revelation. I feel like... Every person who watches that should come on the podcast and interact with Richie and they will understand why I scream at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I will no longer receive negative comments for it. <laughs> yes, it's the perfect plan. Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. We have a very special guest on today. Who is it? It's Laura! Say hi, Laura. Say hi, Laura. <laughs> hi, sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Why did you warn me that I had to make, like, a greeting? Come on! Well, she, she comes up with the greeting, like, at the very start of every... I don't know. I never know how they're actually going to start. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes she just says nothing. And sometimes the intro is just something taken from the middle of a podcast. Sometimes it's you just going... <laughs> and Laura, you're with us today to talk about a very interesting topic. Yes, I am. I was so, so ready, but then we found it some more. Yeah, we, we, were, we were discussing new Deracine stuff, like, literally just before we were recording. It's, like, still on my desktop. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, since we have recorded, uh, like, mini Deracine podcast last week, 
that talks very briefly about the game and gives sort of a overall general synopsis. Um, we can like, I guess, skip that today. Yeah. And go into like the actual, like deep, uh, right of the press lore. <laughs> that, that we're still figuring out. Yeah, we're still figuring out. I was lulled into a false sense of security by that. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it was so small and contained, and I was just like, yes, I've got this. But then we found more, and I'm just like... Yeah, yeah. We, we were saying, like, it's good that it's a very small story with very few characters in it, because that means that once you see something, you know it's someone significant. But we've discovered, I think, three completely new characters. Since- yeah. Since we never actually appear on screen, or do they? <laughs> what should we talk about first? A lot of the stuff we've been figuring out has been to do with the way the VR works. Okay. Because what you can do is you can pick up and freely move around and rotate any item in the game. So what's happened is that we found out that um, the items have like a Dark Souls-style description where like you hit a button and it gives you a little block of text. But also they will have stuff just written on them. That's not in the text. So, uh, like, a common thing that we're running into is the books have authors. So, like, you'll pick up the book, you'll press the description button, you'll get a description of the book, but then if you just hold the book up to the little, like, you, with your hand hold it up to, to your eyes, you can see that it has, like, an author's name. So, we're figuring out that, like, oh, these authors, some of them seem to be related to each other. And then... Yeah, this is of all this new stuff. It's kind of like um, we're finding characters' names on envelopes and things like that. So that's sort of the new um, what we're currently looking into, and it's something that you couldn't really do in the previous Dark Souls and Bloodborne games because you were just stuck with a two-dimensional image. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it with reference to the photograph next to Maria, where we spent... God knows how long trying to get a yeah a clear look at that photograph. Oh God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, but in Derasana, you can just pick stuff up and look at it, and like it's possible to get it so it actually takes up more of the screen than you can see. So what I'm looking at right now is like a, a panorama that I've assembled of just like holding up different parts of a photo to the screen and screenshotting each one individually. Yeah, because like um when you put like you know the um move thingy up to the controller it starts to like you know vibrate really really yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like i can't read this so so you have to try and take like a screenshot and that's just tough in itself it's a challenge yeah especially since what you can see through the vr screen display is not necessarily what the screenshot's going to look like because yep. obviously the what you're getting is in stereoscopic 3D, and then if you switch to two-dimensional, it's sort of like you can't quite tell what angle you're going to see it from. So, like, I've taken a lot of screenshots where it turns out the side or the top is cut off, even though I could actually see the full thing when I took the screenshot. So, hmm. But I do like that uh, they did they left the share button on the the PS Move controller, so you can just take screenshots while you're playing it. That is so it. useful, but I didn't find yeah. that out until recently. I'm just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I was, 
I was so so mad when I found that out because I like you know yeah I had to like blindly reach around for like my normal controller. I was like, where is that? Where is that? <laughs> yeah, it, it's confusing because on the move controller, I'm holding it now. It's called the select button, not the share button, but it does it does the function of the share button. That's fascinating, Richard. <laughs> oh, come on, that is fascinating, because we didn't know it before. We all, this is true. <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing for, like, three days. Okay, cool. Uh, is that all about the VR stuff? I, I guess. I, I, there, there's some things it was hard to get a look at, like, Laura found a... She said there's, like, a statue in a graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, way too dark to, like, you know, see anything because it's so dark and you can't turn up the brightness at all in the game. And it was... It's hard to sort of know exactly how close you can get to something because of the way the movement works. Because you're sort of going from point to point, you can rotate on the spot, and you can kind of move your head back and forth to sort of get a closer look at things. But if you go slightly too far forward, you sort of go out of the camera's, um, like, field, and then it's sort of picking you up. So there's certain things, like, there's um, there's a corpse. We think it's a corpse. It might be, like, a carving. Oh, this is sort of the problem with it. That in the in the chapel, there is this... Uh, in the chapel of the school, there's what appears to be a body that's preserved on, a like, an altar. But we... We can't tell if it's a body or a carving of a body, and that's because there's no way you can really stand to get play a look around it. You can only ever see it from certain angles, so we're still trying to figure that out. I'm going to put, like, my bow in that it's a carving because of the textures I've seen it. Yeah, when uh, when when Vodka was streaming, we were like, maybe it's it might be a dead body with a death mask, because the face is very... The face doesn't look dead, it looks like it's carved, but Vodka was saying that the hands, the hands look decayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's things like that. Yeah. If you hear me chewing during the podcast, it's me showing you the greatest sign of respect as per the snack covenant. It's okay, I don't mind it at all. I was actually expecting it. She actually did say when I said it was time to record, she sent me a message saying Sinclair chewing ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> Live. <laughs> yeah. Usually you have to pay extra for this. <laughs> oh my god. New patron chewing tear. <sighs> How would that even work? Just like videos of chewing, I don't know. <laughs> we don't usually think things through before implementing them. I don't think you're using we correctly. Though. <laughs> it's more like... <laughs> no, no, I'm using it correctly. It's a royal we. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a McDonald's breakfast my boyfriend just brought. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, McDonald's. Oh, God, I'd bloody kill for McDonald's right now. Boyfriend, can you bring some McDonald's breakfast to Lacey, please? She said, okay. Oh, the way in Scotland, although it'll probably be freezing by the time. The address is Scotland. 
<laughs> He'll get there on the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> okay, well, this is really okay. interesting at all, but I want to hear about, like, the cutting-edge lore. I'm really hyped about that. Oh, uh, Lord, here we go. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. I'm so confused at this lore. I was yeah. so sure. When I asked you to come on the podcast, I'm just like, yeah, I've got this. And just, and I was like, oh god, I don't got this. I don't got this at all. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll like, for example, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the confusion revolves around a photograph of five people. Yeah. They're all adults, and we can tell roughly who three of them are. The other two we're just sort of confused by. Okay, tell me which three you know and which three are you confused okay. by. Okay, so because because of the way uh, Derasene is structured, there's really only one adult NPC we meet in the entire game. No, there's that two. Is this, who's the other one? The old guy in the corpse. He's he's not alive anymore, though. Well, the corpse is still an NPC, no? Like, it moves. No, he's disappeared. Yeah, he's completely gone. It's just his clothes that are, like, left Are we over. talking about the same corpse that we find in the river that climbs oh, out? Oh, no, no, that's, no, that's no, someone that's... else. Well, yeah, that's someone else. Yeah, that's someone else completely. Yeah, so there's two, Richie. <laughs> Did I just school you? Well, I said that we really interact with... You can interact with the corpse. There's a qualifier there. Do you really think you are going to win this today of all days? Laura, Laura, ask Richie if he really thinks he's going to win this today. After the week I've had? No, there are two NPCs we interact with, the old guy and the corpse. Okay. Don't bring me into this. This is between you and Richard. Okay, you know what? We definitely meet all five of them. Okay, good. You see? Good. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we might is the thing. So, there's the the headmaster of the school. He's the only adult NPC we regularly interact with, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they make a very big deal about how he has a pair of glasses on. This is a thing that games like this often do, where the character will have, like, one thing they do all the time, so then they can sort of flag it up later on that it's that character. Mm-hmm. So, the headmaster is the only adult character in this game who wears glasses. And he looks to be about like 70 or 80 years old. He's very, very old. So toward the sort of midpoint of the game, we find this old abandoned shack and in it there is a photograph of these five scholars standing around the the wand thing that lets them become fairies. And one of them is very clearly the headmaster because it's a Similar-looking guy who has a pair of glasses on. Mm-hmm. And in that photograph, he is much, much younger. He looks like, at most, he would be, like, in his early 40s. So we're thinking, okay, this photograph's probably about... We'll say it's about 30 or 40 years old. The confusion is brought into it. Oh, no, hang on, there's more to it. Because in the... Um, in the in the school itself, there is another photograph of a character who we're also pretty sure it's the headmaster because it just looks exactly like the it's just an older version of the 
of the younger headmaster. Like he's got his hair is whitened and like he's he's balding slightly and yes. he's not wearing his academic robes, but it's clearly him. Does he wear glasses? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So again, like that's from less time in the past. But um clearly time has passed in between that. But then so like you can say, okay, he he's gotten older since the photograph we'll say in in the second photograph we find in the school he's maybe like in his 60s but not as old as he appears when we meet him in the game (laughs) but then once you start trying to line up the timeline it gets very confusing because in that photograph in the school he's holding a baby who we know now is rosa who's one of the characters rosa is the youngest kid she'd be like five or six years old so that photograph of the headmaster looking about 60 is from like four or five years ago. But so has he aged 20 years in the last five years? Sorry, how do you know it's Rosa? Because it says on the back of the photograph. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and also it says my niece, Rosa. So she is the headmaster's niece. Yeah. So there's this weird age discrepancy with the headmaster. Then there's Margareta, mm-hmm. who is the corpse, who is the second in- who is the second NPC that we definitely interact with in this game. Mm-hmm. So Margareta the corpse. There's two other photographs of Margareta. And one of them we know is reasonably recent because the five kids are in it. It would have been like, again, it would have been maybe four or five years ago. And she looks exactly the same age as she does in the old, the photograph you find in the shack, which looks like it was 40 years ago based on the headmaster's age. Oh, I see. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Um, Because I don't remember. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) When you use the wand to take someone's time, do you take all of their time or can you just take a little bit? This is what I'm starting to wonder if that's actually what's happening. Because they all seem to... And the thing is, in that photograph of the five of them, on the far left is a character that we think is the, the old guy who you meet in the snow. And he looks to be younger than the headmaster. That He looks like he is aged about 40 years as well. Sorry, who's the guy you meet in the snow? Uh, the old man with the cat. He oh, sort of right, like warns right, yeah. you. We never meet him. You see an echo of him warning you away. And the thing is, in that photograph, on one side, there is a guy who's holding the same cat. Okay, so that's probably him. But then, like, they all seem to have... Basically, all the characters seem to be aging at different rates. And, again, like, as I just said, he's holding what appears to be the same cat. Cats generally don't live until they're, like, in their 40s. Like, that's an ancient cat. Unless, of course, they're ghost cats, because we do have ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, this is, again, further confusion, because the cat... um. That there is in the photograph of the five scholars, there's a guy with a white cat, and then there's Margarita with the black cat, and that, yeah, that's the thing. Like there is a black cat in the in the school called Tia, and if that's Tia, then we think Tia might actually be dead, and what you're interacting with is Tia's ghost, because it can interact with um, Yulia, who is who is a ghost herself. And I think the references to Tia, they're always in the past tense. 
that says like this is the toy that Tia used to play with. Okay. okay. Which implies that she's dead. Yeah. yeah. So we're just left in this massively confusing situation where characters age <laughs> at different speeds and there are ghost cats. <laughs> um, for the wand, you can take someone's time and you can resurrect someone with it. Can you make someone younger with it? Well, this this is what I'm wondering. Well, but maybe like the other thing is the headmaster seems to have aged very rapidly in the last like uh, five years. To be fair, he has been taking care of cats, which is quite stressful in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, that's um, shortly after Margarita dies. So I'm wondering if, like, for, it could just be stress. Yeah. Like, he could just be old and, and haggard because, like, he's spent so long alone, like, and his perhaps lover has died. Well, he has to take care of, like, what, five, six children on his own? Yeah, That's yeah. He's very, very frail. So, yeah. But then the other possibility is maybe, like, parts of his time was taken from him, but he didn't die. Mm-hmm. Like, something took, like, 10 or 15 years from him, but he, he didn't actually... Because what happens in the game is, like, if you take something's time, it withers, and then it sort of blinks out of existence. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that, like... If you take a little bit of time, th- this 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 actually does happen to Rosa, because Rosa gets her leg grabbed by Margarita's corpse, and it seems like she started to take Rosa's time away, and then Rosa struggled free, and Rosa's leg is all is all like injured as a result of it. So I'm wondering if like maybe that happens to the headmaster, and that's why he's much older now. Yeah. Oh God, it just has me so confused yeah. because the photos. And the timeline, they, like, kind of match up, but at the same time, they don't. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of in, in Resident Evil, where uh, you find out Wesker's the villain because he chose to be photographed with the other villains while wearing the same pair of sunglasses he always wears. Did you just spoil Resident Evil for me? Game is uh, 22 years old. <laughs> Laura, do you see oh what I have daughter, to do Richie, with? That's just... Terrible. That's a terrible move on your part. I can't believe you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This happens okay. off camera okay. all the time. Okay, yes, later Richard, on, go I will on. Show Justify you. yourself. I will go sh- on. I will show you the intro of the original Resident Evil, and mm-hmm. you can look me in the eye with a straight face and tell me <laughs> that Wesker doesn't seem like a traitor. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I guess the other thing about timelines is that there are like five in Derasane because you keep going backwards and forwards and altering the past, which creates a different present. So what happens to the past that is or the future or whatever that's gone? Does it just disappear? They they explain it in one of the books. They just say like when you alter the past, like everything just happens in the new timeline. Like there's not like a parallel universe okay. floating around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how it works in real life? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right, so we started talking about mm-hmm. I think the adults in the photograph, if I'm not mistaken. They're the locus of everything. 
So, yeah. Can you sum up which ones do we meet, which ones don't we meet, and who are they from left to right? Uh, Laura, do you want to do that? Left to right, the first man on left is like the old man with the bad back. Pretty sure that's him. We think so, yeah. Yeah, because he's got the cat and he's. Okay. uh, Yeah. Okay, cool. The next one, I think we talked about this in the thing that we recorded, but what happens is during the tutorial, there's a voice that tells you what to do. And it's reading, it's giving you tutorials. The tutorials are also written on scraps of paper. If you pick up the scraps of paper, they're all signed Abigail. So we're pretty sure that that voice you're hearing recorded and that the person who recorded the voice and left the notes for you is Abigail. Mm-hmm. So that would be the, the other woman in the photograph who's not Margareta. So what makes you think that she's Abigail other than the process of elimination? It's just process. Well, because it would have to be someone who knows, who like understands fairies and is one of the scholars of Rome. Okay. So like, I think it just has to be her. Because, like, this is what you have, like, everyone's involved in this. It's like a secret project. Like, only these, basically, these five people know about it. Right. Like, people are not coming and going from the school. Like, we we found out, like, um, when we were playing it, and this came up when we were talking with Vodka as well, that, that um, it looks like there used to be a train station that ran yeah. through, like, you're in the ruins of Rome basically. And there was a train station that ran through Rhone and they've, we don't know how like they've like dynamited the tunnels or something. So no one can get in or out. It's kind of like, um, like it's that thing that the souls games do all the time with like new Londo or old Yana, where it's just this like place that was sort of sealed off because there was something terrible there. So Rhone's been sealed off. So it's really just like the five people in the photograph and the kids know anything about this experiment. And the kids don't actually know they're part of an experiment. So by process of elimination, that's probably Abigail. The um, next guy, we don't know who the hell he is, <laughs> but he could be the bad fairy. Yeah. Because he is he's holding the wand, which is what you use to become a fairy. So we're thinking that, like, maybe he is the guy who performed the experiment on himself. Because you, you find in, in the old man's cabin, there's a book that's called, like, Fairy Utility. That goes into, like, all the reasons why we should be becoming fairies. So that's what they were doing. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then next to him is the... Uh, yeah, the Master Willem Master Willem. <laughs> but you found his name, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah, tell us about it. <laughs> well, there's a... I think it might be to do with whether you give him his ear trumpet or not at a certain point, but you can find he's got, like, a letter in his lap, like a letter that's uh, presumably addressed to him. And you can read the letter like you examine a normal item, but because of the way the VR works, you can just turn the envelope over and look at the back of it. And the back of it is addressed to, it's like addressed, it's from Rhone, which is the place they all came from. And it's like from the faculty of Rhone to like, you know, it's, um, it's a, it's a letter that came with the music box that you use as a puzzle item. And it says basically like, 
this music box is a gift from the faculty of Rhone to you to commemorate the start of, it's something like your glorious venture, which is of course referring to the experiment. And it's addressed to, if you sort of just squint at it, it's addressed to Dr. Lewis Graves. So that is probably the headmaster's name, but it's also possible it's not addressed to him. It might be addressed to the leader because like he may have been the original uh, head of the experiment. So either the headmaster or the middle guy is going to be Dr. Lewis Graves. Speaking about that letter um, that came with the music box, it sounds it sounds like a, a threat. Threatening? Yeah, that's what you said when I found it the other night. Because it's like, um, hang on, I should actually have it on me, so it should still be in my like, Elgato folder. Oh, it should be in the chat as well, because it was fairly recent. Yeah, no, I've, I've, got, I've got my Elgato folder open here. Okay, hang on. Here we go. It says, uh, my friends who took it, this is addressed to like the people. It's from the faculty of Rhone to the people who are running the experiment here. It says, my friends who took another path, let this music box be my gift to you. If the music box is the voice of a fairy, as stated in the fairy tales, perhaps one day we will have another chat. So it's, it's effectively saying like, this is a gift from someone who was trying to become a fairy to you. So it's possible that, like, this is the guy who became the evil fairy sent this? Sorry, why would he send this? Well, again, we don't really know. Okay. It's, um, okay. It's an envelope. The headmaster has it. It is sealed with, uh, the Roan people have a very distinctive seal that they use on everything. So it's got the Roan seal on it. Yes. On the envelope, interestingly, it's got some. Laura found this. It's like uh, the stamp. Yeah, it's like a very bad recreation of an actual stamp. <laughs> I spent five whole minutes looking at stamps, <laughs> and I found that. <laughs> so, what stamp is it recreating? The Queen Victoria Jubilee issue, which ran from eighteen eighty-seven to nineteen oh one. Oh, that one. Yeah, obviously. I just had to get the facts out there because I was just like, showing up, just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have to let everybody know how smart I am because I've pretty much been quiet this whole time. <laughs> well, Laura, you agreed to come on this podcast. I think that puts your smartness into question. <laughs> Listen, okay, I came on here to talk about lore, not to get bullied by you, okay, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me, that was Richie who said it in my voice. He does that too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Can I talk now? <laughs> okay. okay, so the the letter says from the faculty of Rhone on the occasion of your great venture, presumably meaning the the school. And it's it's signed this is something we were um Talking about it's signed Nicholas Uspensky. Yeah, I know. What is love? Well, there's another book in the school library that's someone called Carl yeah, Uspensky. Two slaps. And then, and then there's a, then there's another book also called also by Nicholas Uspensky. So, and then like we um we actually we also just found this out. 
when we're going over a diary that's all handwritten and we, we weren't able to get a clear shot of it until like an hour ago. That there's a reference to like the fairy is hunting our stock, meaning like Roan people. So we're thinking like Uspensky is probably like a Roan name. The idea being that like it's hunting, yeah, people from Roan. And um, I guess, like, in terms of names, there was... Um, do you know about this? There's, like, a Russian uh, fairy tale writer called Eduard Ospensky. Well, you know what? I felt like this is a reference I'm supposed to know, so I've been Googling it quietly. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I'm like, oh, shit, better... And I can't find anything. And I'm like, any second, no, Rich is going to call me out. I can feel it in my bones. And you call me out. I don't know, maybe. What what did he write? <laughs> I didn't find him on Google fast enough, so tell me. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so there was... Um, the way that the headmaster is called Lewis Graves, right? There's a book, um, very old and, I guess, well-known book of Irish fairy tales. It's just called The Irish Fairy Book. It's from the very early 20th century. And that is written by a guy called Alfred Graves. So I was thinking that the headmaster's name being Graves probably came from that, because it's the sort of thing that would have been used as research material. Right. Um, so, like, there was a, um, there was a writer called N Nikolai Uspensky, which fits with Nikolai Uspensky, but that Nikolai Uspensky didn't write fairy tales. What did he write? Uh, they were like, it looks like they were, like, depressing realist stories about, like, peasants starving to death. So, like, happy childhood tales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And then uh, Ed Edward Uspensky did write children's fantasy, though. So, Uspensky might... But um, Edward Uspensky's children's fantasy was written in the 1960s, which doesn't... Mm, I don't know if that really no. fits the time frame really that they're going for. Time frame, but it kind of makes sense. They, yeah. Okay, guys, hold on, hold on, hold on. Edward S. Asiansky is an American politician and a Democratic member of the Delaware House of Representatives since January 11, 2011. Aw? <laughs> oh, you got it in one. <laughs> I can't find this person. Did you Google him? He's Edward with a U. He's like Edward. Edward. How do you spell his last name? Shouldn't you know this? Isn't you isn't he a God, virtue? Oh, Uspiansky! You kept saying you kept saying something that sounds like Asvensky or something. It's Uspiansky. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I know him. Yeah, everybody knows him. Richard over here trying to sabotage the leader of the Stack Covenant. <laughs> I hope that was helpful to listeners. This is going on Patreon, bro. Nobody's listening to this. Patron or trash? No, I meant the Baba Yaga episode. Yeah, it was cool. People liked it. I haven't listened, but I assume you left in the part where you're yelling at me about how to pronounce it. 
No, actually, I cut all of that out. <laughs> I Aww. went with the second part. I just trashed the first 20 minutes. <laughs> it's a sleep podcast. Anyway, back to the resume. Back to the rest of May. Yeah, because we got way off topic. Yes. Hi, Laura. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to witness all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the benefit of people listening, we're now at 46 minutes. Yeah, and people listening probably heard, like, some happy calm music playing about 10 <laughs> seconds ago. And there may have been a gap. <laughs> so the name of the writer of the book is Nicholas Uspiensky. <laughs> Uspiensky? No, Richie, Uspiensky. Eh, you don't Uspiensky. say... Yeah, you don't say yeah. Uspiensky. Uspiensky. Yeah, there you go. Uspiensky. You okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh my god, I can't believe I just peaked my mic. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I like how I was saying Uspensky. Oh, what does that mean? I've never heard that name before. And there's like Uspensky. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds the same. I thought you were saying like Os Osvensky or something. You were saying it wrong, okay? <laughs> Do, am I going to have to put another happy tune in? Maybe. And cut that part out again? Well, I think it depends on if you leave in the part about how you're very tired. <laughs> I I think that needs to be at the start as a disclaimer. Oh god. Because otherwise you all just sound mad. <laughs> okay. Welcome back again, Laura. <laughs> I'm sorry again, you had to witness more of this. That's okay. It wasn't your fault. It was Richie's. Oh my it god, was. thank you, Jesus! Laurie Stimson! Yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry, Richard. That's alright. <laughs> He's used to it. <laughs> alright, so, um, okay. photograph, photograph. Before Richard takes us off track again. Yeah, Richard. Um, <laughs> oh, did you see? I love Laura's attitude there. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, <laughs> the last person, um, the lady on the right. Yes, Richard, you may talk now. It's Margareta. Yay. Is she holding a cat? Yep, she's yeah. holding okay. a black cat, which could be Tia. Mm -hmm. We think it's Tia, yeah. We think that the cat is... Well, this is the thing, because the cat in the school we think is a ghost in which case it's probably the same cat as in the photograph but the cat the old man has is clearly not a ghost because Lawrence is holding it like it's a physical cat mm -hmm. so either that is a different cat that like he just got a similar looking cat or that cat is like 45 years old <laughs> that's a really old cat I want to ask you guys something about the photo um, in the middle on the table, is that a giant dumpling or a baby? Oh, oh God. No. Yeah, Here we, we, go. we were just discussing this. And we have... Okay. Um, okay. The theories were, <laughs> it was a rock. Me? The rock? Yes. What is it cooking? Children. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Um, then we decided that probably didn't 
work because like you wouldn't be able to get the life force from a rock. So why the hell is it there? Then um, Mal said it was a piece of Italian bread. Mm-hmm. And then vodka came closest to something that made sense, which was she was saying it might be a really big mushroom because mushrooms are like a fairy thing. Okay. Can yeah. I propose another theory? Yeah. Uh, do you guys know what a chiburiak is? No. No, and I'm frightened of pronouncing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I posted it in the chat. So it okay. could be a really big version of that. Because look at the edges. It has the the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're just about to have a really cool dinner. Well, I suggested maybe it was a mushroom and they were going to have it to celebrate sacrificing a child. Oh, <laughs> they all just get a slice afterward. Why couldn't it be like a baby wrapped in a very thick blanket? Well, it might be. Fluffles, would you stop being rude? Uh, Fluffles <laughs> wants to be on the podcast. Maybe he has the answer. <laughs> Maybe he does, but he'll uh, he'll try to bait me up and get near him, so I'm not going to risk that. Have I mentioned my um, omen crow that showed up? Your omen crow? What? Your omen crow? Yeah, a crow, a new crow showed up in my yard because there's like families of crows that live around here. So it's like a newborn chick and it has like one white feather on one wing. Aww. I know. And it's like, oh, it's like an omen of something. Something's going to happen. Oh, you're going to have to record more podcasts. <laughs> never going to escape. <laughs> I, I asked Dahlia. Because she, like, is into crow magic, and she said it might be a sign that Morrigan's watching me. Who? The crow goddess. Oh. Velka? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm I'm worshipping Velka by giving her bits of bread. <laughs> okay, so what were we talking about? <laughs> Um, well, after after about 50 minutes, we've made it through the photograph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. a record. It's a record. Yeah. <laughs> so, there was a theory, kind of, we were discussing that this sounds like one of those, like, um, dark theories that will ruin your childhood deals. But I think it does sort of work, and I think it, it might be what they're getting at. We think that they may have intentionally been sending sick children to the orphanage slash school in the hopes that one of them would get sick or die, and then the other ones would want them back, and that's what would cause them to call on a fairy. Hmm. Because I think all of them except... Lawrence, at some point, there's some kind of ailment involved. Because, like, Yulia... They talk about Yulia having a weak heart. And um, we don't know if that was, like, a heart defect, or they just mean it like she was frail or something. The reason that Rosa ends up with a messed up leg is because she sees what she thinks correctly, actually. She correctly identifies a fairy ring in the distance. And the reason she goes down there is because she thinks the fairy will be able to cure Nils when he is sick. Then 
Herman seems to have some kind of like really bad. We don't know what is like a like irritable bowel syndrome or like an allergy or something where he gets very sick from certain kinds of food. Is something wrong with his stomach? And Marie is like again they don't really specify, but she carries a pillow around with her, and it says like this is the pillow that Marie uses to go to sleep with. And there's I think there's at least one time to think another time where like you find her she's just dozed off like she was just working and she fell asleep so i'm wondering if she's meant to have like like chronic fatigue or something what's that uh, called when you just fall asleep on the spot there's a thing narcolepsy yeah yeah but the thing is she's not falling asleep on the spot you can hear her go like oh i must try to stay awake i can't fall asleep but it's like the middle of the day so I'm wondering if, like, and they make a big point out of um, when, like, things go wrong, the kids, like, they they wish for a fairy to help them fix things. And ultimately what happens is, like, the reason that we exist is because Yulia wishes for Alexis to come back. And then the reason the kids go out at all is because they wish for Yulia back. So I am, like really wondering if the idea was to specifically recruit sick kids who would then, because they were orphans, they don't have families, they would form a bond with each other so that if something went wrong, they would start yearning for a fairy to come. Yeah, which is really fucked up, but it does sort of line up with everything that happens. Okay, can I ask you a few questions and you just you guys just answer them the best you can? Okay. Even if it's just okay. speculation. Um, okay. Okay, so let me ask you about yeah. Alexis. Alexis are us, right? We're the right. fairy. We are Alexis, yes. Yes. So tell me the story of Alexis. Alexis is a baby who was sacrificed to become a fairy and is probably the child of Margareta. And who's the father? Laura, do you want to know... <laughs> Could be the headmaster, but Cole keeps on shouting at me, just like, oh, it's just because you shut them. Just like, shut up, okay, Cole, first of all. <laughs> shut up, Cole. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we don't know who her father is. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, if you accept that the headmaster may be aged very rapidly recently, then he might have been, like, younger when they had Alexis. And um, he doesn't really seem to care about her. Yeah. Too much. And, like, when he was, like, talking about her in the diary entry to Margareta. Yeah. He just seems pretty detached from his own possible daughter. He seems more caring to his niece. Yeah. Do you think maybe, like, Alexis may have been his niece as well? Because we don't... We know Rose is his niece. We don't know who Rose's father is. Mm -hmm. And presumably, like, it would have to be someone from Rhone because they're this, like, really secretive, inward-looking group of people. And you guys are 100% sure uh, Margarita is the mother? Yes. 100% sure that she's the mother. Yeah. And Margarita is not related to the headmaster. 
that's a really good question because like we were saying uh, there's a diary entry that the old man leaves and hang on, I'll find the exact wording because I have it over here it's uh this is something we weren't sure about because we only had a fuzzy picture of it and it says like um why would it mean the fairy it says why would it visit the site of vanishings unless there is little trace of our stock across this whole land meaning like it's specifically going after Roan people. So there's something about like people from Roan that the fairy is is looking for. Yeah. Okay. And so about Alexis, relatively to the whole timeline, when was she born? She was born five to seven months before the tutorial. Okay. I think that's how it works. Okay, so <laughs> the confusing part is okay. that the confusing part is the tutorial ends with us killing Yulia, but then the next level is Yulia beckoning us when she's still alive. So I guess we kill Yulia and then we go back in time, meet Yulia when she's alive. Mm-hmm. That's the first part. Then we go forward to after she's died. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like this weird time loop where I think what happens is that um, Yulia beckoning us is like what gives her the um, indication that the fairy is real. And then that is what leads to her, like, eventually dying. To- like, the thing is, we, we take Yulia's time away because Yulia takes the wand. So I think what happens is that from Yulia's perspective, she encounters us as a fairy because she wants to meet Alexis again. And then because of that, she takes the wand and then we use the wand to kill Yulia, which is what makes us a fairy. So it's this like, it's like a time paradox thing going around where like, yeah, we only become a fairy because Yulia saw us after we became a fairy, basically. Yeah. Another thing to that's like notable is that the room you meet Yulia in, the window she's next to, is like it's directly adjacent to Lexus's grave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not notice that, but thank you for pointing that out because that's Yeah, I did I didn't notice either. I was just like I was outside and I thought, Oh, the Alexis grave's near a window, where does that window line up? And I was oh it lines up with where Yulia is. So like she was probably looking out the window at the grave and like trying to call Alexis back. Oh, that's cool. So sweet. Yeah. Do you guys have any idea on what the ceremony of turning Alexis into a fairy looked like or may have looked like? No, we never really find out. Like, no. What happens? There's a book. There's a book that's literally called Fairy Utility. <laughs> that's like a fairy. Yeah. Manual fairy instruction yeah, guide. It's, it's literally a fairy instruction guide. And it says, like, on the cover, it, yeah, and this is what we mean by, like, there's stuff that's just written that you, it doesn't show up in the description. You need to hold the thing up to the, the headset. So if you examine the book Fairy Utility, it just says, like, it gives you a passage on it, which is the moment we become fairies with our golden wands, the world becomes a place of endless possibility. Mistakes of the past will be undone and the future will only hold what is right. What are we waiting for? So that is, um, we think like basically the, the sort of overarching uh, plan of the Roan scholars 
is that they want to harness the fairy stuff to go back in time to basically stop what they did. Go, go back in time and stop Rhone from being destroyed. So mm. sort of undo their own research, I guess. I see. Um, then if you hold up the book to the camera, it's got like, uh, fairy utility, herein are writ five reasons to raise the golden wand and open the door to infinite horizons. Mm-hmm. And that's the top of the cover. The bottom of the cover says, those who possess the will to correct history's mistakes read on justice is born of resolve. And then that's credited to Nicholas Uspiensky? Yes. Yay, you got Yay. it. Yay. Uh, you know the ring that she holds... Margarita's ring. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that come from? Because I'm still a wee bit confused as to, like, um, whose time it was created out of now that you say that. Yeah. Um, and, like, she definitely had the ring when she died, because the headmaster... There's a note in the headmaster's diary that says something like, um, I... the When the river swells, it'll bring you back to me with your glowing red ring. Or something like that. It's like he knows she has the ring. So we we think like we were talking about this before, and I don't know what it was it was like five of us going back and forth on it. Yeah. But like what I what I sort of settled on personally was like Margareta, um if you're an adult and you become a fairy, you inevitably become evil. Because you start wanting more and more of your past back. And I think the idea is that Margareta, like she died, but the ring, like the fairiness, the sort of hunger for life was still in her. So she comes back, like her corpse is, and she's kind of like a hollow in Dark Souls. She's like a corpse. And she's just hungry for more and more time. So that's why she reaches out and grabs Rosa. But because she's, because she's all weak and withered and like the bottom half of her is gone. Um, Rosa, who is like a, like a five-year-old child is able to just like, like kick her off and it, Let's, she lets go. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you think fairies become evil because they are fed after midnight? It's possible. Possible. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we don't we don't know where Margarita's time came from. Um, because you you become a fairy by taking the time from someone else. Could like maybe it came from Alexis. Yeah. They could have, like, had that ring for years. And I'm talking about years, years. Yeah. And um, they were meant to give it to her when she became a fairy. But Margareta didn't seem to want that. She seemed quite upset. Like, you know, her child was dead. So she's just like, whoop, you're going to the river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a... You find Margareta's diary at one point, and it says specifically, like, the children have arrived for us to do the research on, but I don't want to do that. I just want them to live here because I don't want to repeat everything that we've already done. So she clearly didn't want Alexis to become a fairy. So do you think uh, Alexis turning into a fairy was done without Margarita's consent? Possibly. Yeah. And who do you think was involved in turning Alexis into a fairy? Abigail? The head master and her. <laughs> yeah, her. Probably, yeah, we, we know Abigail was involved. Um, Probably the headmaster, because the headmaster is the guy who, like, oversees the wand. Yeah. And, like, the, the room where 
Alexis becomes a fairy is adjacent to the headmaster's office. It's like behind a locked door. So, yeah. And you guys mentioned it that um, they wanted a fairy to right the wrongs they didn't groan. Yeah, that they say that on the. Um, basically, what happens with Roan is that they they make fairies. The fairies in Roan start sucking more time out of people until eventually, like Roan, just becomes this haunted place where people like just disappear constantly, and that is then addressed by burning Roan down and like sealing it away. It's like, like I said, it's like New Londo or Old Yarnum. They just like seal this, but it's like haunted, so we've got to get rid of it. Um, then when you go into the, the cabin where the old man is, there's that book about fairy utility. And it specifically says, um, those who possess the will to correct history's mistakes. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if the whole point, like, cause they, they do horrible things, these characters, like to children. If the idea is that this is all in the service of going back in time to make sure that like basically none of this happens. So. The, the ethical considerations are sort of moot because once this happens, like it will erase all the shit we did from time to begin with. Because that, that's what happens with you. Like you, you suck away Lawrence's life twice. You, oh no, three times. You kill Lawrence three times, but he is still alive at the end, and he doesn't remember dying. Like that just didn't happen. You, you altered history. So it seems to be like maybe that's the um. That's the the logic behind what they're doing. That's like the justification that we can like torture and kill children because once our experiment succeeds, they won't actually have died. That is real messed up. Yeah. Yeah, the entire time I'm thinking, could they get it past an ethics committee? Well, I think the Rowan Ethics Committee was probably pretty lax based on everything that happened. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like even like a real life ethics committee, if you say all that, but then you're like, listen, what's going to happen is we go back in time and everything will be erased. So technically. Yeah. Do you think the healing church are looking at this and saying, I don't know. <laughs> it's going a bit far. Is there anything else about, like, Alexis that's significant that Laura or Richie you can tell uh, me about? She has a birthmark on her hand, which we can sometimes see on our hand. Whoa! Oh! I thought that was a glitch. Nope. That's her birthmark. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. I thought it was, like, an error with the, the rendering. But, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This is why Laura is the smartest and the resident professional. She is. I may not have a PhD mug, <laughs> but I make up for where I can. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> I, I think we'll probably have more to say because I've been going through it again. Yeah, and I just got—I just got like halfway through, so I, I'm going to go back and check all the alternate timelines later on. All right. Okay, so we can do the outro now, I guess. Who's we? Wait. Yeah, who's we? <laughs> Y'all guys can do the outro. <laughs> that was part one of our Deracinate discussion with Laura. 
which is also, I guess, the second Derasene thing we've recorded. Sorry, sorry, Richie, Richie. Okay, you'll have to start yeah. again because this will be episode 42. Really? I know we recorded episode 47 last week, but I switched some stuff around. <laughs> and yeah, because episode 41 will be the first Derasene we talked about, and I already finished editing that, so I'm just going to work on this uh, as fast as I can. So this will be episode 42. That was episode 42 of The Snack Covenant, which was our Derasene discussion with Laura, a.k.a. Astral Lace. And she will be back for another Derasene discussion. We don't know what episode that will be. <laughs> because we just decided it, like, five minutes ago. Literally five minutes ago. <laughs> So, Laura, is there anything that you want to mention that you do, because you do, like, Vocaloid stuff and other things? Oh, God, please don't look at that channel. Please, no. Okay, Laura does not do Vocaloid stuff. (laughs) Forget I said that. I'll put it in the description. (laughs) Of course you will. (laughs) Laura, do you have any social media? My Twitter, which is the same name I pretty much use for everywhere, which is, you know, the username. <laughs> I can't speak, and, okay? <laughs> and you were recently on Don't Give Up Skeleton. Yes. People can listen to. Yeah. Yes. So, Richie, what is Laura's username? Because it's not Laura. It's Astral Lace. So that's A-S-T-R-A-L-L-A-C-E. So that was uh, that was an hour and thirty five minutes of which I think we can salvage about fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's if you edit it, Richie. Yeah, we've, we've noticed this that when I edit things, they end up like a quarter of their original length. <laughs> so I think we should like try to guess how long do you think the final file will be? I say about forty five minutes. What do you say? I was going to say forty five, so I'm going to now say uh, fifty five. Laura? 25 is going to be my guess. I think I think 25 will be the sin yelling at me cut that ends up on Patreon. 